Okay. Okay. How are we starting this? I think we could start it any way we want. I know. But we should tell everyone where they are. Where they are? What do you mean? That this is our Patreon. Oh. Mm-hmm. It's weird to think about where are you with us in this moment of time, but you're there and we're, we're, we were here, but you're listening to us like it's now. You never know when they listen. Wow. It's creepy. That's deep, man. So Carla isn't here. Nope. She got voted off the island. She went to Pittsburgh. You jag off. <laughs> I should make her have to donate to listen to this. Like, yes, you have. We to could say anything we want about you, and we'll just say we said some nasty things about Carla, and then we made her donate money to listen to, to us. Listen to her. us. Yes. <laughs> so Patreon is going to be different than our regular episodes because. Daniel's writing the rules. Yes. And the rules are we're really just going to talk about fucked up stuff. Maybe Maybe not fucked up stuff. Interesting. Interesting. uh, We're going to be a variety show. Not necessarily connected to Indiana. No. Like our regular show is. No. You know, if you want to do the seven degrees of Kevin Bacon, I can get us to Indianapolis. Probably. Probably. Um, But basically, we're just going to talk about uh, not everyday stuff that happens. Yes. And the people that listen to the Patreon already like us. Yes. So that means you'll like this no matter what. Yes. <laughs> Unless you listen just for Danielle's voice. It's not worth that. I do. I always sprout a miniature heart on. I thought you just toned me out most of the time. Well, I do, but... Like today I was having a conversation with you. Huh? Exactly. Well, I didn't know. I was watching. There was a fight going on on TV, and it was interesting. And I was 10 feet away, maybe less than 10 feet And the guy was from Indiana, too. Oh. And I was even using your name, like, Daniel. Hey, did you leave? I thought we were talking. I thought you were yelling at the three-year-old. She's not called Daniel. Yeah, but I know, but all I all I heard was I'm focused in watching and listening to the fight, and I hear, rawr, rawr. <laughs> you. so I thought I thought you were I thought you were upset with Olivia. <laughs> That's not what I was saying. <laughs> oh, okay, well I apologize. See on air, I apologize. I don't sound like that. All the time. Okay. It's just what I hear, you know? Yeah. My hearing is not the best. Like, it's like the peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, peanuts. I'm like, yeah. what penis goes? <laughs> How many penises have you seen in your life? I'm ashamed to admit that. <laughs> <laughs> no. no, we can't. <laughs> My lungs kind of hurt from the weather. You know, yeah. Anyways. Anyways. So the Patreon's a whole bunch of to do about whatever Dean Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about. Yes, exactly. So and I am here to be educational, yet make you laugh. If anything, if you don't laugh, well, maybe not. Maybe some of this stuff would be pretty bad. Yeah. Anyways, we'll hope, hopefully we'll make you chuckle along the way. And since Carla no longer lives at home with our parents... We can't just call her and tell her to come over because we're doing this at night. Yeah. After. This is the right mood for this. Yeah. 
Yes. So she's more than welcome to join. But we we always come second to her friends. Well, she has a life, okay? <laughs> she doesn't even listen to our episodes ever, and she's like, no. God, no. She's like, we'll she see. has zero interest in that. We'll see. Yeah. She'll want to know what we say about her, so maybe she will start listening. Yeah. All right. All right. So, you know, I, uh, so we started talking about doing this the other night, and, uh, I thought, man, there's a lot of interesting things that have happened. I know from being a massive motorsport fan that there's a lot of fucked up things that have happened. Mm-hmm. Some humorous, a lot not so. A lot just insane. And that's what made me think about, oh, we could do this. I'm trying to think the one I was I was thinking about doing, and then I changed to uh, this one. So, hope you enjoy. So, tonight... <clears throat> I take you back to the year of 1977 and the 1977 South African Grand Prix. Explain what Grand Prix Grand Prix. Is. So this is Formula Un. Formula, Formula One. Open wheel racing. Yes. So for those of you who are movie buffs, if you've ever seen, um, God damn, Ron, Ron, how did I forget Ron Howard's Ron name? Ron Howard. Ron Howard. yeah yeah we we named him Uh, yeah great gingers like ron howard yes yes and and uh um ron ron howard yes and we we, yes we said him and he Uh, i think they end up putting up carrot top (laughs) they do so carrot top frightens me i'd be afraid to run into carrot top in public uh, anyways, so if you've seen the Ron Howard film Rush with um, the pirate Thor, angel Thor, Thor, Chris Helmsworth, mm-hmm. that is about the 1978 World Championship and the uh, between Nikki Lauda and James Hunt. It's a good. It's a movie. very good movie. Very well done. It is a very good movie. He throws up before every race. He does. His the character he plays. Yes, and James Hunt, if it's anything, it opens up a curiosity to who James Hunt was. Mm-hmm. James Hunt, now nowadays this wouldn't be allowed, but he had a patch sewn onto his his racing overalls. That's what they were called back in the day, their overalls. <laughs> um, but it was, a, it was an, a little cartoon arm flexing, and it said sex, the breakfast of champions. Ah, and that pretty much explained him, didn't it? Wasn't he a womanizer? Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, anyways, it's about that. So that's about the time period. Like, Is he dead now? James Hunt? Yes, he died in the 90s. He had a heart attack. Okay, yeah. So, But we're also talking about a guy who would, uh, when he was standing in victory lane, if he won a race, he would find somebody smoking and take the cig out of their mouth and <laughs> finish it for them. Like you're, you don't need this anymore. I do. Yeah. Okay, so that takes us to then. So um, The year before that movie. Yes, I think. Hang on. About. Hang on, hang on, hang on. What year did he get fucking burned? This is the year after. I sincerely apologize. <laughs> well, that's why we're This checking. is the year after. I don't know why. You know this, what? The tra- What we're talking about happened the year after the movie. Yes. Okay. Anyways, the movie Rush is about the 1976 World Championship between Nikki Lauda and James Hunt. tell themselves. 
death is something that happens to other people. What kind of person does a job like this? Each year, two of us die. James can be a loose cannon. Nick is a genius setting up the cars. I accept every time I get in my car, there's 20% chance I could die. Being driven around 170 miles per hour, this thing's a bomb on wheels. I'm quicker than all of you. And let's race. I feel responsible for what happened. I trust me. Watching you win those races, you were equally responsible for getting me back in the car. I'm world champion on the verge to become world champion again. I can beat this guy. Trust me. Nikki Lauda's running away with the championship. And in 1976 at the uh, German Grand Prix, they were racing in less than favorable conditions. And Meaning the track, the tr- well, the track, the right. tracks back then were not safe. Yeah. It was guardrail all the way around and there were trees real close. And um, it had also been raining real heavily. So it stops raining. And anyways, Nikki Lauda's leading the race and... Something breaks on his car. He goes head on. If you look it up, if you type in Nicky Lauda crash, it'll pop up. But anyways, he hits the guardrail and shit almost head on. And the car bursts into flames with him trapped in the car. And he he got burned very badly. In fact, today, he's still part of one of the teams. And he wears his little, he wears a little ball cap now to cover up all of his burns. Yeah. But he looks like if you see like... if you see him now, I mean, yeah, you can tell he was burned. But it's not like you look at him and go. I mean, I don't know. Maybe not. That's not. I guess that's not. If you get burned, you get burned. So I guess. Yeah, but he's an old guy, and old, old, old guys look the same. Yes. Now he's just a burnt old guy. The older you get, the more you start to look like a nutsack. Yep, I wasn't. Yep. Yes. (laughs) It's funny how we evolve into the organ we use the most. What? Yes. Like women start to turn into tongues. (laughs) So. Anyways, that movie happens, so the next year, this is where we're at. So this was the first race he won after his accident. And the year it is? 1977. All right. So 22 laps into the race, a Shadow Ford, driven by Italian driver Renzo Zorzi, uh, retires from the race. He has engine failure. He pulls over, and if you pull the video up, of this, we'll put links to like yeah, we we'll put links to the videos because like visually, ultimately, if you've never seen this before, this is seriously one of the most graphic videos you'll ever see. So you stop what you're doing, yes, and go and watch on it, it right now. So he pulls off to the side of the track, and the car, the engine catches fire, and he is. They had an oxygen tube that ran from the car to the driver's helmet. And he's struggling to pull that out. And all of a sudden, he gets it popped loose. He gets out of the car. 
and he he doesn't he's not quite sure where to go because back then you just kept racing like they put little yellow flags out to kind of warn you that something's going on up, up ahead but you kept fucking at full speed going through so all of a sudden the if there's a fire you know the the marshals in the corner that's what they're called just like the safety workers come running with fire extinguishers well the first one that gets on the scene the driver sees the underside of his car or the underneath the engine cowling in the back is catching fire. So he runs to one side and you see him turn around and he goes to the other because that's where the release pins at. So he could, he was going to pop the pin off and try to get the engine cover off. So the marshal could spray under there and basically save his race car from burning into the ground. So when he starts pulling on that at the bottom of the screen, all of a sudden you see something cartwheel in front of you. I told you one fire marshal was right there and made it across. Well, two others ran out onto the track. And mind you, uh, like as I said, the cars are still racing. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess on this name because I'm not familiar with it. Hans Joachim Stuck. Might be Joachim. Anyways. Much better than me. It doesn't Yes. Anyways, him and then a driver from I believe he was from Wales. I think he was Welch. Uh Tom Price come up and Tom is the car in the back and the car in front of him swerves out of the way to miss the first guy. Mm-hmm. And Tom didn't see it. Cause you kind of come up over a hill, a uh, little bit of a hill and promptly hits the safety worker cuts him in half. Like you see when he goes cartwheeling through the air from getting hit by this car, his what's holding him together is his intestines. Oh damn! Yes, because how fast are these cars going? Uh, one hundred and eighty miles an hour. Yeah, was right there where he gets hit. So he gets cut in half, and he goes tossing through the air. And if you see the video, I mean, it is it is fucked up. And there was a version on it that you remember ever hearing about faces of death. Yeah, yeah. So there was a version of that, and they put this real creepy fucking music to it which makes it even worse to watch. But mm-hmm. um, now the problem was he was carrying a fire extinguisher. And when Tom Price hit him, he, he let go of the fire extinguisher. Now keep in mind, he's his head's moving 185 miles an hour and his head hits the fire extinguisher makes contact with his head. Because it's open. The cab is open. Yes, which caused the fire extinguisher to launch up in the air so high it went over the grandstands and into the parking lot and hit a car. Oh my God. Now the problem was he was going 180 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. So when that happened, obviously his, his foot, I think lifted off, but he kept going down the track. Tom hits the fire extinguisher with his helmet. Boom. Into the parking lot. Into the parking lot. (laughs) He gets knocked out instantly and keeps going down the track mm-hmm. because nothing really slowed that car down. That body didn't slow no. that car down that much. So he's going down the track and the car hits a bump, goes back on the track, collects another car and head onto the wall. The driver he hit gets out. No problem. When they get to him, his helmet was ripped off his head by the fire extinguisher. And if you see ah. a picture of the helmet, on the left side of the face mask, that part that covers up your face, which if you look how these helmets were, you know, nowadays they cover basically below their chin and, mm-hmm. you know, to their nose area, probably a little bit below the nose. 
Well, back then, the bottom of that face mask went around the bottom of her jaw, basically. Yeah. So you can see where the helmet basically was cracked, where it hit him on the side of the face and basically just blew off his head. Well, the problem was when that happened, Tom was virtually decapitated internally. And if you see the if you see the picture, some there was somebody there who took a picture and basically his head is just like snapped backwards completely. And it's laying on. If you see all these cars, you know if you if you've ever seen how an Indy car driver Formula One get in, they get in and what holds their head up is not that uh, the seat. It's a combination of the helmet resting on the seat. So there's mm-hmm. area behind there. So his head, his head was basically yes. It wasn't just like yeah. Sitting. So it was. Uh, needless to say, so the first it, person who came up on that went, "Oh fuck!" Yeah. Yep. And then put in their resignation as a fire safety street response race person. What would they? What are they? <laughs> Marshals. Marshals. Okay. After the race, uh, Nikki Lauda said initially. Because they had no idea what happened. It you're going, so quickly, You're too. going by so fast and you're so focused as a driver. You might know something's going on, but you keep driving. And they didn't stop the race. Mm-mm. He gets out of the car and thinks that this is the greatest victory of his career. He, he'd, he'd come back, he'd won, and then he found out that uh, a marshal and then a fellow driver was killed. Because the track is pretty big, so the cars can be spread out. It's a road oh, course. Oh, yeah. yeah it's, is this one it's a road longer. course? Formula One does nothing but. Okay, yeah. So that's where you, it would be easy to lose track of one another and not know what's really going on. Yes. And obviously, people out of the race getting, people getting hurt and killed is not completely uncommon. No. Although nowadays, they've improved the safety that I think it's been a while since the fans have got hurt. And the only t- last time in the last like 10 or 15 years of fans got hurt has been at a NASCAR race because the car's gone in. Engines and shit have gone into the stands. NASCAR invented safety. Yeah, that's what that's what bothers me is then you have the <laughs> announcers going, you know, and this is great because you know the cars are getting launched like headfirst into the fence, and it's like twenty five years ago they'd have been killed instantly. They'd have been diced up. You know, the driver gets out, and nowadays it's, it's so safe. Mm-hmm. And then the announcers would be like, "Well, that's good for NASCAR." Then all these drivers are hurt. It's like, yeah, it's a good but to show how the problem smart we is, are. yeah, you had a. He had a probably a f- six or seven hundred pounds worth of aluminum and metal go into the fucking stands. Yep. So, <laughs> but yeah, that. there's 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 other videos out there. It was the uh, I think it was Edmonton in 1990, a cart race. Um, f- like three or four corner workers were trying to push a stalled car out of the way. And another car came around the corner at full speed. Well, one of the guys, you know, they heard the cars coming and they tried to run out from behind the car, which I don't know why they should have just stayed behind the car. But one of them runs right in the path of this car and gets sucked under the right wheel and boom, and his head gets, yeah. He was, uh, he, he did not survive that one. No. So that video's up there. Um, 1996 in Detroit. No, Toronto. Toronto. Boy, all this shit's happened in Canada. Eh? Well, I guess not South Africa. All of this stuff has happened under the watchful eye of the Queen. Yes. Mind you. And she loves them open wheel racing. But a uh, car on like the second or third to last lap got catapulted into the fence and hit a um, 
hit a pole in the driver's area and basically he was killed instantly. But there was a, I don't know if it was a corner worker or a photographer there and where the car went through the fencing, Mm -hmm. he was standing there and he got decapitated. Yes. Oh, yes. Like, and there's no time to move or to see it coming. It's like, oh, it's happening so so fast. fast. Yeah. Yeah. If you've never, if you've never been down close to one of these cars when they're at speed, you, you don't realize how fast they're going. Yeah. So. It's quite impressive. Yeah. Like we've, I've done the, um, I want to ride in the two seater. Remember that? Yeah. Out at the track. And that thing went 190 miles an hour. And I was sitting there thinking the whole time, how the fuck does somebody do this for a living? Yeah. And not hit anything. And not hit anything. Now, granted, you start off a lot slower and you build up and eventually you get you get used to the speed. Mm-hmm. So. so what did they change rule-wise after someone gets cut in half in a fire extinguisher? Well, those, those drivers, those corner workers were not supposed to run across the track. Okay. So I'm sure something happened there saying you're not crossing the track. Mm-hmm. So... Um, what were we watching the other day where, I don't know if it was, I don't know, where it was a safety worker, a female one was responding to a wreck, to a crash, and her hair was like down to her waist and not pulled back in a ponytail or anything. And they were like loading up a crumpled up car with equipment and hoisting it back up to, oh um, yeah. it wasn't the US, I don't think. And I was, um, and maybe it was. no. And I came around the corner. No, I think it was Formula. I think that was Maybe Sunday morning, so it had to be Formula One. One. Yeah, but they, I didn't know where they were racing at. I can't remember. I don't think it was last weekend, and I can't remember where they were at the weekend before. Well, nothing happened, but when I came around the corner and saw how long her hair was and that she was working with equipment like that and the yeah. horror stories you hear, it's like, you should just, I just want to hand you a ponytail holder. I'm well, like, you and keep this one. You need it. The last guy to die in Formula One was Jules Bianchi. And he died during the uh, Japanese Grand Prix. And actually, he didn't die till um, it was like three months after the crash. But his car, there's video of it. His car, it was it was raining really heavily, and he was um, he was where they were waving the yellow flag because there was a car off. Well, right before that is where, or right up after that is where there's another guy holding a green flag out, and you can start to accelerate because nowadays they slow you down mm-hmm. in those zones and uh he accelerates and the car like fishtails and he goes off the track but he was going really fucking fast and goes and goes underneath the crane so and oh yeah is that they took him a long time to figure out how they wanted to get him out did that take a while um or someone yeah i don't know because there like were there were did. like there were two doctors there yeah immediately. he was dead well, he survived, and they th- that you know for you know for obviously the first couple weeks, you know, you held out hope that he was going to come out of it. And okay, that's what it was. He did die. He did die. Yeah, it, right. You and know. it took him a while to get him out because they were trying to get him out without causing more damage. Um. Yeah. They were doing now IndyCar. Those guys are man. They're quick. Yeah. So the exam the fine the finest example of this is in. Uh, before the 2015 Indy 500, uh, James Hinchcliffe, during pr- uh, the final practice, hit the wall going 220 miles an hour, and a piece of the suspension broke and impaled him. 
So if you watch Dancing with the Stars, they talk about it. And now with Hinch, anytime he does something, it's like, well, you got impaled a couple of years ago. And <laughs> like, yes, I now did. You're I here. was there. But yeah, it he was, he was, like he was kebobbed. He was, yeah, his... it went in through one thigh, up through his pelvis, in through his, um, yeah, his abdominal cavity mm-hmm. or whatnot, and boom, out through his back. <laughs> Anyways, he, uh, they got him out, they cut him out of the car, they pulled the piece out, which obviously he was bleeding profusely, and they made the decision to go straight to the hospital, which saved his life. There was like 25 things that happened right in a row that saved his life that he had to get each one of those right. It's Indianapolis. It's practice day like any other. But sometimes things happen that you just don't plan for. Oh, and a hard contact. James Hinchcliffe. In trauma, you have a golden hour. From the time that the incident happens till the time you're in surgery, you, you want to get there in that, in that hour. We heard the yellow, yellow, yellow call. We were on the scene with Hinch probably within the first 30 to 40 seconds. When the car came to a stop and the safety team got there, I was massively concussed in the impact. I was conscious, but not really making a whole lot of sense. And I couldn't verbalize what had happened. He was trapped in the car in his seat, so we got our spreaders, and we kind of heard the car pop a little bit, and we felt some energy release. We went to take him out again, and he was still caught down in there, but it wasn't like he was compressed and, and tightly fit. It was just he was really heavy. But we did notice at that point that he was uh, bleeding pretty profusely. Finally got him out onto the backboard of the ambulance it brought to us. And I heard a thump in the seat like someone had dropped their radio down in there. Well, I found out later that that thump I heard was actually the suspension part that we pulled him off of had hit the seat. At the time that they picked me up, he had been maybe eight to 10 minutes since the accident. Uh, Mike said that they had found him in a pool of blood in a car that he had been uh, pierced by a piece of metal. I thought if we could get him to the trauma center and start transfusing him, he would be okay. Uh, by the time we got there and started massively transfusing him, I turned him over and he was in another pool of blood. And I said, that's about it. He's lost quite a bit. By the time we reached the second floor where the operating rooms are, I couldn't feel his pulse anymore. Probably had maybe one or two minutes left before I lost uh, even his heart rhythm. You lose a pulse on your way to the operating room, it's very seldom you get a person back like that. Got his abdomen open, um, had some catheters into his groin. Um, When we finally uh, got down to the uh, arteries that were injured, once the vessel was identified and we're able to get just manual control, that, that, I think, was the moment when I thought, yeah, I think he'll make it. I think we could get him through this. But anyways, he he was fortunate because the they, they said any other track in the world, he would have been dead. But mm-hmm. the Speedway just so happens to be, it's only, fuck, I don't know, a couple miles from Methodist Hospital, which is the only level one trauma center in Indiana, yeah. so if you're ever in a bad accident, which obviously we hope you're not coming through here, you get but- shot. Uh, no, that's Eskenazi. Eskenazi. If you, ha- if you have a head injury from a car accident or a mm-hmm. real bad car accident, period, they'll send you to Methodist. They'll air- they'll airlift you there. The first thing he said when he came out was, how is my dick? And they said, don't worry, sir. It's fine. 
Said, that was a, that was know. a rumor for a while that it it yeah it, it I mean, is nuts or I mean, it, it's all in that area yeah so when he woke up I mean he obviously had the breathing tubes and the whole nine and uh, I gave him a piece of paper and he was writing and the first question he asked was what happened and I said you know your rocker broke and uh, and then the second question was when can I drive again you know and uh, um, you know I'm like it's it's gonna be a while buddy this was a big one you're lucky to be with us you know and uh, being that it was his second question he asked me, that he already had aspirations to still drive, he was not afraid, he did, you know. He was trying to push the envelope as much as he could to, to, to come back, and, uh, and he did just that. And when I came to, I'll never forget, it was, I wasn't scared, I didn't worry about anything else. From the minute I woke up, all I cared about was getting back into the race car. That's what we do. You know, we're racers. Well, no, when he woke up, the first thing he's the first thing he said was, when can I get back in my car? Yeah, because he doesn't have exact memory. No, he of don't it, remember which I think any helps of it. you recover if you don't exactly remember. And it was a freak trauma. accident. Mm-hmm. It was a freak accident because they went through and they made everybody change all their suspension out. And if your part was so old, every part on that car is um, what's it called cataloged and they know how old the part is when it was on the car. So basically they figured out that there was like a. It's a real low chance that it would happen again, but so they made everyone before the race change that. And so yeah, when you're going, I guess the thing is when you're going that fast, it's so bizarre to see how things react when you make contact with stuff you shouldn't. And mm-hmm. over the years, they've come up with more and more effective safety measures to absorb impact and disperse it. Besides concrete walls. Oh yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes, and in fact, the it's the. It's called a safer barrier. But anyways, Tony George, who is the owner of the Speedway, or I guess he's the he's the chairman of the board for the Speedway. Anyways, um, he paid or he f- kind of flipped the bill for, I think it was the University of Nebraska that developed it. And the Speedway was the first track to have it and now it's all over the world. Okay. And it its job is to absorb the impact without causing damage to the driver? Yes. Mm-hmm. That is correct. They basically invented safety in Nebraska. I, yes. Or was that NASCAR that invented safety? It was NASCAR. NASCAR Q. Oh, sweet. No way, this is so tense. Vagisil would like you to represent us in the next NASCAR race. Dude, check it out, Kenny. My very own NASCAR. And we've modified the cockpit to be operated properly by a child. Oh, cool, huh, Kitty? Baby! I got a NASCAR kitty! So awesome, huh, Kitty? So, yeah, that's all I got. All right. Yeah, all these obviously are not going to be about racing. Not even close. So, but that that was. was, What happened first? It was the chicken. Tasted like turkey tonight. But if you say it was chicken, I believe you. You said it came first, or I said the chicken. Oh, okay. Not the egg. So. <laughs> yep. That is our Patreon. Who knows what else will happen? We have to come up with a title for this segment. For our Patreon episode? Yes. What should it be? I have no idea. I think they just call it the Patreon. I want to come okay. up with something more creative. Mm-hmm. We'll have we'll have to do pictures and stuff still on Instagram. It'll make people super jealous they see the pictures and have no idea what we're talking about. Hmm. Hmm. 
All right. And you can find us. I have to say this part because it's Carla's. Man, she says it pretty good. Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, those places. Pod. Podbean. Bean. Yes, that's a good one. MySpace. Mm-hmm. And we'll have a Patreon MySpace now. MySpace Patreon. Yes. I have to change the background music on that page. It's been a while. <laughs> Walking on Broken Glass by who sings that song? That was your... No, mine was always Fall Out Boy, I think. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> I had various, various songs. MySpace. It's beautiful. Now what I, I would space. give to be able to get into mine, but most of everything had been deleted. Did you have pictures of another woman on your MySpace? Yes, I did. Was she in a white dress? Hey, you know what? <laughs> I found pictures of another man on your Facebook, mm-hmm. and we might have already been married when I found no. this. Or maybe engaged. We were at no. least engaged, yes. I don't remember getting engaged. Anyways. Uh, this will be Patreon exclusive, so people who already hand us money for Patreon get access to this, and then we'll tell how more will people they, about How will it. they know this? It'll, if... It should send them an email. Well, no, what I'm saying, though, is they have to pay to listen to this in the mm-hmm. first place. Well, you're saying it now. How, they'll, they'll already know. They have to... Like you're telling people something they've already paid for. Yeah. I'm just saying. I wonder if we have to make this first episode available to everyone and then tell anyone else if they want stuff like this. They have to come to the Patreon. Oh, I don't know. I'll, I'll have to think about it. Like this is the first free Patreon episode and the rest of them. You got to send this digital cash that patreon takes like four percent of four percent i think so yeah. who negotiated that i did not negotiate it <laughs> man okay so if you're gonna send a dollar you actually need to send a dollar four yes just just to make it rounded up and even out and up yep if you're gonna send us a hundred dollars I need to send us a hundred and four dollars hundred and four do not cheat us it's patreon that's out to get money for doing nothing i don't know what they do (laughs) (laughs) they're part of go fund yourself yeah go fund yourself (laughs) okay all right we do we have to have a different sign off oh i don't know i don't know what we even do i don't know i know we can do I could say, and as they say in Indiana, and you can say, oh, let me get by you to get to the ranch. Oops, let me get right by you to get to the ranch. <laughs> Carla does it real well. Oh, she does? Yeah. Oop, squeeze right past you, grip the ranch. <laughs> oh, Midwesterners, you're yes. killing me. Oh, well. Killing me. Okay. And for honest to goodness, stay out of the- The car. ranch. Ranch. The, the ranch. Oop, get right past you, grab the ranch.